I'm concerned about post-involvement contamination. I would rather have somebody there who's been uh, inundated with all of the media coverage and, and all of the information and all of the stuff, good or bad or different. And then I want it, then I want to know whether or not they formed an opinion. And if they have, I want to know what that opinion is. And if they say guilty or unsure, and I'm working for the defense, they're not my kind of juror. This is Lawyer to Lawyer, the award-winning legal podcast with J. Craig Williams and Robert Ambrogi. West Coast meets East Coast, and yes, they are attorneys, bringing you the latest legal news and observations every week with the leading experts in the legal profession. Produced right here on the Legal Talk Network. Hello and welcome to Lawyer to Lawyer on the Legal Talk Network. I'm Craig Williams coming to you from a very gorgeous Southern California. And this is Bob Ambrogi coming to you from just outside of Boston, Massachusetts, uh, where I practice law and where I also write a blog called Law Sites and another blog called Media Law. And I write a blog called May It Please the Court and have a book out called How to Get Sued. And we'd like to take this time to thank our sponsors, Clio, a web-based practice management program for lawyers at goclio.com and PC Law by LexisNexis. For a free trial, you can go to pclaw.com slash radio. A case that made the headlines and sparked outrage across the country is moving into uncharted social media territory. George Zimmerman is, is charged with second-degree murder in the death of 17-year-old Trayvon Martin in Florida. And in a somewhat unprecedented move, Zimmerman's defense team has announced that they would be launching uh, uh, pretty much a whole social media campaign, a website, a Facebook page, a Twitter account, all devoted strictly to this case uh, in an introductory Blog post, Mark O'Mara, who is Zimmerman's lead attorney, explained the decision this way, saying, quote, social media cannot be ignored and it is going to be an unavoidable part of high profile legal cases. And Bob, some critics say that social media campaigns by defense attorneys are unethical and damaging. But there are also others who support social media and they agree with George Zimmerman's attorney that social media is incredibly useful and necessary. And, uh, well, we're going to talk about uh, the use of social media as a defense tactic, as a trial tactic, a litigation tactic today with two people, uh, uh, two, two guests to help us explore this issue. Uh, first of all, I'd like to uh, welcome to the show Amy Singer. Amy is the founder of Trial Consultants Incorporated, as well as a noted trial consultant and litigation psychologist. She has analyzed more than 40,000 tweets and comments during the Casey Anthony murder trial. And uh, she was just telling me before the show started, she's been analyzing some of the social media uh, flow that's coming out uh, already in this case. So maybe we'll hear more about that. Welcome to Legal Talk Network, Amy. Thank you. It's good to be here. And Bob, our other guest is attorney Scott Greenfield. Scott is a nationally recognized attorney who has represented clients charged with crimes or the targets of investigations for more than 30 years in both state and federal courts across the United States. Scott also writes a blog called Simple Justice, and he addressed this issue in a recent blog post. And we'd like to welcome back to Lawyer to Lawyer, Scott Greenfield. Hey, guys. Nice to be here. Uh, well, Amy, uh, maybe we could just start with you. Uh, and uh, again, just to, with regard to the Zimmerman case and Mark O'Mara's decision to uh, kind of start this social media campaign, uh, what was your impression uh, of the decision to do that when you first heard about it? I agree 200%. Um, I couldn't have said it better myself. 
he can't avoid it. I mean, everybody's on Web 2. Everybody's talking about it. And I think it's a brilliant idea, even if it's just uh, for rumor control. There was a tremendous amount of rumors, for example, in the Casey Anthony case. And there were a tremendous amount of rumors in the George Zimmerman case. And the defense needs a voice. Well, Scott, what's the deal? I mean, you know, we're attorneys. We know that the case is going to be tried with the 12 people in the jury box. Why waste all this time on stuff outside of what your main focus needs to be? Well, I'm not entirely sure that uh, it's a waste of time. Certainly, there's a lot that goes on. And as Amy says, social media is uh, an undeniable force today. Although this, what, what, uh, If it's not a waste effort- of time, what benefit does it provide to George Zimmerman in getting an acquittal? Well, that's the better question. Uh, I don't know that it's going to provide any benefit. Um, the idea of monitoring social media in order to get some kind of pulse of the nation uh, certainly has some uh, merit to it, but I'm not sure that uh, too much affirmative uh, uh, intrusion into social media is going to work to his benefit and could very well backfire and be a catastrophe. You know, I think it helps with jury selection. If, for example, if I was uh, the trial consultant for either the state or for the defense, one of the voir dire questions that I would ask is, have you blogged about it? Have you, have you, do you belong to any discussion groups? Have you discussed this? And if they say yes, I would want to know what they've been saying and what they've heard. Because um, a lot of people I, have already made a few I, I think you're absolutely right. I, I Just as uh, in Casey Anthony, you, you talked about monitoring people's tweets, I would certainly want to know what's being said. I'd certainly want to know from my jurors. I think that's absolutely correct. But there's a big difference between monitoring what other people are saying versus affirmatively putting information out there on your own. Well, that's really one of my, I mean, when I first heard about this, uh, you know, one of the, a danger area here, I guess, is lawyers are all subject to uh, some sort of a, a rule on trial publicity. The rule varies a little bit, I think, from state to state. I don't know exactly what it is in Florida, but uh, you know, the model rule uh, somewhat limits uh, the ability, the uh, the uh, freedom of a lawyer to uh, kind of blog or tweet about a case. Uh, what I mean is that is that a danger here? Uh, is is uh, you know, I don't want to dwell too much on this case, but Mark Omar is a sophisticated lawyer, an experienced lawyer. Uh, is he going to be, what are his obligations to monitoring what's going on in that Twitter feed and the blog posts? The way he's doing it right now is the right way. I mean, there, there, you pointed out two things. One is mining and the other is seeding. Uh, for example, uh, we, we've, we, we know about mining. That's just kind of picking up and listening to the conversation and watching the flow of the conversation and analyzing it. Seeding is when you actually put something out there, and that's what what we're discussing right now. I haven't seen him put anything out there, but I have seen him interact with people who bring up certain questions and certain issues. When when the attorney appeared in court, he seemed a little uh, caught off guard by the amount of money that George Zimmerman had raised uh, in this case, and I and I've seen that tactic used in the Casey Anthony case. It's used in other cases, as well. W- Amy, what's the w- what's the benefit of of uh, you know surprising your attorney with uh, Facebook? Uh, it, it's not a very pleasant surprise. <laughs> it's never a pleasant surprise to surprise your attorney. So that that was something that he was definitely caught off guard, and he ne- needed to deal with, and that could have been a public relations disaster. I mean, I, you know, I think that at this point. 
with regard to the Zimmerman case um, and a lot of cases that are high publicity where, you know, every everybody, the, the court of public opinion has decided that the defendant is guilty. It's all about crisis management and rumor control. Yeah. And, and what does that have to do with what the decision is going to be made by the jury or the judge? What, who cares what the rest of the country thinks? When well, the decision is going to be made by 12 from, people. From, 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 the, from the population. I mean, you don't just pluck them out of, you know, from under a rock. Um, so you want to know what people think and what, you know, what they've heard. And you don't want to get a potentially good juror who's been contaminated because of some rumors. See, that's actually part of the, uh, part of the issue here. When you're dealing with uh, online uh, commentary, First, it's a, it's a self-selected group to begin with. Not mm-hmm. everybody in the world is online. Then right. you've got an additional subset of people who care enough about this case mm-hmm. to follow it. Then you've got an additional subset to that of people who not only care enough about this case, but are aggressive enough that they actually feel compelled to go out and tweet or comment or Facebook or somehow uh, write about it. Now, you're talking a very narrow group at that point, and they're not really, or not necessarily representative of your jury pool. Well, not only are they not representative of your jury pool, but they're not even in the same jury pool. Most of these people in these subsets that you've identified are in other states, and for that matter, some of them are in other countries. So what is, you know, let's just take, for example, the George Zimmerman case, you know, it's in Florida. What do they care if somebody out in Wyoming thinks something? What does that matter, well, Amy? Well, the answer is, is that somebody in Wyoming, first of all, Web 2 is interactive. It's not passive. What happens is there's a conversation. There's a flow of conversation. Somebody brings up an argument. Somebody brings up a counter-argument. Why do I care about the person in Wyoming? Because if I'm in Sanford, Florida, and, and I, have a poten- I, have a, I have somebody on my binary who has heard uh, uh, comments from some nut in Wyoming, okay, and has things all completely wrong, and uh, hasn't been set straight, I'm concerned about that. We, we found this in the Casey Anthony case. I mean, you know, people, did, people thought they knew uh, what the evidence was, and they had absolutely no idea. And um, they were all surprised that the jury, who saw all the evidence, and by the way, everybody in the world did not see all the evidence. There was a lot of evidence that the camera was, you know, that Judge Perry wouldn't allow the public to see, but the jury saw, and obviously that was the difference between not guilty and guilty. Um, and we went through 450 people, and a lot of people said, I cannot be fair in this case because I have read the newspapers. I have been a part of the stream of the social media. Um, I've listened to the person theoretically in Australia who's told me X, Y, and Z, and I can't get that out of my mind. Well, doesn't that really weigh in favor of uh, eliminating this in social media and putting a gag order out? No, I want to know about it. I, I, I like to know. About, I, I have the reverse uh, point of view. I, I'm concerned about post-involvement contamination. I would rather have somebody there who's been uh, inundated with all of the media coverage and, and all of the information and all of the stuff, good or bad or different. And then I, want, then I want to know whether or not they formed an opinion. And if they have, I want to know what that opinion is. And if they say guilty or unsure, and I'm working for the defense, they're not my kind of juror. But somebody who says not guilty after listening to all of the, of the stuff that's out there, that's my kind of juror. And then I have to separate between that juror and the stealth juror. That's how OJ won. 
Well, given the media frenzy that's going to happen around this case, does the defense team essentially have an obligation to sort of dive into that media frenzy and try and take some control or at least try and steer it a little bit? I think that's exactly what they're doing. And by the way, you know, another interesting thing is what happens out there is people ask questions, and that's wonderful for for a defense attorney. Wouldn't it be great to know what questions people have? So that during trial, people are not just filling in the blank and you're and you're answering those questions because those are the decision makers questions. And the other thing that we learned in the Casey Anthony case is it didn't matter whether the questions or the comments came from Australia or whether they came from Orlando, Florida. Uh, Questions are questions. Sentiment is sentiment. And it needs to be analyzed with you, Amy, as a trial attorney myself. I don't want to hear what anybody else has to say outside the courtroom. If my jurors have a question, yeah, I'd like to know about that mm-hmm. because they're the ones that are going to make my decision. And there's mm-hmm. been a trend in even in some recent federal court cases where you've seen judges open up the uh, the interaction between the jurors and the attorneys and say, you know, go ahead and ask questions. When you got a witness on the stand, you want to write a note, write a note. But frankly, you know, listening to somebody in Wyoming or Maine or Australia to deal with a Florida case just makes no sense to me. Scott, what do you think about that? Well, so far, I mean, to the extent it makes any sense, it's all about uh, mining what's out there for whatever you can get out of it. I don't see any problem with with, with mining it for, for whatever benefit, if any. I, I But I don't know uh, how that's going to relate back to why or, or what benefit the uh, defense is going to have by affirmatively uh writing about itself or trying to promote its position uh, or trying to spin public uh, perception, whether it's capable of it. Uh, I'm still not hearing the slightest idea of why this is going to benefit the defense uh, to to take an affirmative position. And, is this uh, unethical? Is what are the ethical considerations in in uh, mining social media, starting up Facebook pages to get money to raise money for your for your client? How, how does that work ethically? Well, this isn't just about raising money. I mean, it, it's it's not fair to portray it that way. If you're looking at what they're doing, I mean, yes, that's part of it. But I mean, they're also they are using it as a public relations platform that, you know, when there was some a, a negative, some negative reports in the media that came out about uh, Zimmerman's uh, MySpace page where he had written some, some fairly, uh, well, you know, damning things on a, on a former MySpace page, they immediately used their blog and their Twitter feed to, to respond to that. Uh, so it's not just about fundraising, just to make that clear, but go ahead. I'm sorry, Scott, I cut you off. That's okay. You know, I, I, I don't know, uh, I don't know that it is. Frankly, it was it was my suspicion that uh, the primary purpose of uh, starting the blog was fundraising. Uh, and if that's the case, I don't see any particular ethics issue uh, with it. Uh, it's going to be an expensive case to defend. And uh, if there are people out there willing to contribute to the defense, uh, I, I don't see any reason why uh, Mark O'Mara doesn't want to give them an opportunity to do so. Um However, ethics issues on other on other counts uh, do become a concern. Anything he says has the potential to disclose privileged communications. Anything he says has the potential to be used against uh, his clients subsequently. Um, and because of that, you're you're dealing with uh, some very touchy issues uh, and very very narrow limits as to what you want to put out there and how you're going to address uh, crisis control. There's a difference here. This is coming, at least theoretically, 
right out of Mark O'Mara's mouth. Mark O'Mara is his defense lawyer. If this was coming from, say, a, a third-party source, they could say anything in the world and O'Mara could disclaim it. But he can't disclaim it when it's his. That creates a separate issue. So what are the dangers in that? Uh, anything he says now, which, which may seem uh, to be a good idea at the moment because of whatever the trending uh, uh, media atmosphere is, uh, could come back to bite him at a subsequent time when he's on trial, and suddenly the issues are different. Suddenly he finds out right. that uh, something in his defense that he initially thought was going to be a good argument turns out not to be. A new piece right. of evidence arises that blows him out of the water when he's already committed to a position. That right. can be dangerous stuff. Exactly. I agree 100%. And do we see the prosecution, for example, in the Casey Anthony case or in the George Zimmerman case, did they pick up and start utilizing social media, nope. Amy? Nope, they haven't. And I'll give you an example, by the way, uh, of something that they really need to know. Uh, a lot of people say that this is a test of the stand-your-ground law. And if you're monitoring the social media, you quickly learn that that's not the case because there are many people that are arguing that Martin was standing his ground. So as far as a, 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 a tactic or a strategy, uh, it would not be a very good idea for the state to uh to 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 bring up the the stand your ground um defense uh because that works both ways and so now if they know that they know how to plan for that and they know how to deal with that well just on that point i i uh, you know maybe the uh Prosecutor hasn't used social media so far, but they're certainly using the media. Uh, there's a there's a great uh, article about this, uh, this this issue, the use of social media in this case by Emily Bazelon in, in Slate, where she points out uh, that when the prosecutor you know announced the charges against Zimmerman, mm-hmm. they did it in a, in this you know nationally televised press conference with the you mm-hmm. know and on the screen behind her were flashing these images of Trayvon Martin's childhood. Uh, mm-hmm. So, you know, they're using the media. Maybe they're not using social media, but they're certainly right. using There's the media. Difference. So- There's a difference between using the media and using social media. What's and the again, it, for the defense, the less you say, the better until you know what your trial strategy is. For example, during the bond hearing, when Zimmerman apologized to the parents of, of Mr. Martin, he said, oh, you know, I'm sorry. I thought he was a little bit younger than me. And then people went back, and this is what I've heard from the social media, and they, they replayed the 9-11 tape where he describes uh, Trayvon as, a, as an older teen. So, oops! You know? And in, when you're monitoring the social media, let me tell you something. People don't miss a thing. And that's what they're looking for. They're looking for inconsistencies. That's one of the huge dangers that people that, that dabble in social media don't mm-hmm. come to realize that there are Theoretically, millions of people out there, uh, and you have no idea who they are. You don't know if they're mm-hmm. they're sane or crazy. You don't know if mm-hmm. they're 12-year-old trolls or 60-year-old judges. Yep. Um, and in order to, to try to address something, uh, you usually address a limited audience. You talk to a reporter, a reporter filters that information, and the readers of that newspaper get it. When you deal with social media, you have no clue how far and wide uh, that information is going to get. You have no clue what's going to come back to you. You don't know if you're talking to a guy in Montana or a guy in Sanford. You don't know if the person who claims he has a secret picture of George Zimmerman uh, beating blacks up 
is a 12-year-old troll trying to see if he can get a rise out of somebody or somebody who actually has a secret picture. It well, just and that know. really raises the issue of manipulation, because certainly we all recognize that there are a lot of interest groups out there. There are a lot of lobbyists and a lot of people who are going to utilize whatever means possible in order to get their agenda put across. How do you know, Amy, when you're reviewing social media, whether or not you're being played? Repetition. What I look for is repetition. If something keeps popping up and popping up and popping up and popping up, I know that it's something that needs to be addressed. Um, If somebody says something out there that's really crazy, and believe you me, you get plenty of that, Um, other people uh, uh, who are commenting or or mentioning, or they're called called mentions, uh, will say to that person, hey, you know what, you're crazy, and blah, 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 and they'll they'll counter-argue these crazy points of view. And that's where a professional comes in, in terms of the listening. There's, you know, there's, there's four components to social media. There's audience gathering, there's engagement, there's listening, and there's analytics. And that has, what you're talking about is how you listen. And, and that takes a professional. For example, I'm a trained psychologist. I know how to listen. I know how to separate, you know, the, the wheat from the shaft. Can you tell when there's been, a, when someone's started trying to start a trend and, and uh, Flame, perhaps yeah. an agenda mm-hmm. and playing you and perhaps oh, yeah. starting to repeat that or, right. or regenerate that as, as reposts or retweets? How do you mm-hmm. know that that's not really somebody out there with an agenda? Can you just hold your answer to that? We, we need to uh, switch to a break real quick, and we'll be right back, and, and we'll hear your answer to that question. Just hold for <laughs> just a second, and we will be back with more on this topic of lawyers using social media. Hi, my name is Kay Kenny from Legal Talk Network, and I'm joined by Jack Newton, president of Clio. Jack is going to talk to us about the benefits of cloud computing. Now, what do you think the single biggest benefit to cloud computing is? In talking to our customers recently uh, about that very question, I was surprised with what came back with as as a really resounding response, and and that was that it's the convenience and the freedom that cloud computing affords them. The ability to get their work done from anywhere, whether it's at their office, at the courthouse, at home, or even if they're on vacation, they're able to get their work done where and when they need to get it done. Uh, The mobile aspect of things is also increasingly important. With cloud-based software, you can access your data and software from your iPhone or your iPad, uh, your BlackBerry, uh, and other mobile devices. So for the uh, lawyers that are on the move, which is an increasing uh, proportion of lawyers, that's a, a really key benefit as well. We've been talking to Jack Newton, president of Clio. Thank you so much, Jack. Thank you. And if anyone wants additional information on Clio, they can feel free to visit www.goclio.com. That's G-O-C-L-I-O.com. Someone's at the door. Don't answer it. Why not? I'm listening to Legal Talk Network podcasts to get my CLE credit in West Legal Ed Center. Oh, I need to do that too. Where do I find them? It's easy. Just go to LegalTalkNetwork.com and pick a program for CLE, click on it, and start listening. Or go to WestLegalEdCenter.com and choose from any of the Legal Talk Network programs available for CLE. Perfect. I'll do that right now. Tired of all the headaches of running your law firm? Want to spend your time doing what really matters? Then you need PC Law. PC Law from LexisNexis is the legal industry's best-selling matter, billing, and accounting software. It has never been easier to manage your law firm and serve your clients. Get back to doing what matters to you. 
For a free trial, go to PCLaw.com slash radio. That's PCLaw.com slash radio. Or call us at 800-685-2161 today. You never have enough friends or followers, right? Check out Legal Talk Network on Facebook and Twitter. LinkedIn, too. You can advertise with us at Legal Talk Network and have your own commercial play in this podcast. Just give us a call anytime at 781-551-9960 or shoot us an email at admin at legaltalknetwork.com. Well, welcome back to Lawyer to Lawyer on the Legal Talk Network. We're discussing lawyers using social media as part of their strategies with Dr. Amy Singer and Attorney Scott Greenfield. And let's get back to the discussion. And Amy, right before the break, I asked you a question. Can you repeat the question? I'm sorry. Yeah. How is it that you can tell? How is it that you can tell? We have the reporter repeat that question, please. Really? Read that back. Um, as a as a trained psychologist, how do you tell whether or not there's a group out there like a lobbyist group or, you know, the NRA or somebody who's got an agenda who's trying to start a trend and regenerate and retweet and we, repost to, to create all of those, uh, you know, things that you look for to test the sufficiency or the, the truthfulness of a trend? How do you know that the whole thing isn't being played by these groups with with really hard and fast agendas? Well, you can tell when somebody has an agenda because you, you need to do not only a content analysis, but you also need to do a sentiment analysis. And sentiment analysis is, the, is a better predictor of jury behavior because what you're monitoring is emotions. And if somebody's got an agenda, they also have an emotion, whether it's anger or suspicion or sympathy or disgust or whatever. And so you, you want to monitor that. And what you do is you, you, you look at certain you – ha- you have the computer – uh, look at certain words and certain phrase clouds, as they're called, to see what's coming up there. But I'll tell you what's interesting. You know, you get some nut, you know, who says, you know, some ridiculous, crazy thing. You know, forget the nut for a moment. Let's talk about the response to the nut. Very often you get uh, wonderful, wonderful uh, gifts, jewels from those people who are responding to the nut that you might be able to use in opening statement, that you might be able to use in closing argument, that you might be able to use when cross-examining their witness, because those responses have a very wide latitude of acceptance. And then what you want to do is you want to, you want to monitor what we call the game changers, which is what changes people's minds, what changes a, a person who's pro-defense to become pro-prosecution and vice versa. And then you need to focus in on those game changers. I just want to ask the the, um, the Twitter feed itself, the Zimmerman legal case. I, I I've looked at it. They, they've had a total of fifty nine tweets, and and a, a large proportion of those tweets so far have been debunking fake Zimmerman legal case accounts uh, set up on Twitter. Uh, and, and it makes me wonder whether uh, you know this is a strategy that can backfire in, in the kind of the way you're talking about. Uh, Scott, I just wonder if you have any thoughts on that. I mean, what you know, c- c- using media in this sense just totally backfire on you and, and cave in on you. Yeah, well, I don't, you know, I, I looked at the Twitter feed as well. I looked at the website, and the website's still fairly lame, although, uh, frankly, I think uh, he needs to find uh, whoever's writing it needs to do a little more editing. Um, it's all lame. The Twitter, the Twitter feed, Twitter the website, feed and, the, <laughs> and the Facebook. The Facebook page, the Twitter feed, and the website are all kind of lame. It's kind of funny so far, but... Yeah, you know, I, I mean, it, the the idea that that it, when it first came out was that he was going to use these, and I, I frankly don't 
seen much by way of use, I, and which I, I frankly think is probably a wise choice on his part. You know, everything Amy's brought up as far as uh, the utility of, of social media is great because you're hearing what other people are saying. I love the idea of listening to people putting out good phrases, good arguments, and adopting them. I think that's brilliant. And all of that serves as information coming into the defense. Defense loves information. I want to know every single thing I could possibly know. Right. I might not use it all, but I want to know it. At the same time, I don't want to sit there and, and, and put out things that are going to come back later and bite me. And uh, I don't see Mark O'Mara doing that. I see him being very circumspect at the moment, uh, which is which is great. But then again, we're not really using social media in an affirmative sense, and that's where I think the problem comes in. I, you know, I don't think he's seeding, but I'll tell you where I'll tell you where there's gold. Where there's gold is in the forums and in the discussion groups. You know, you got to know where to look, and and that's where. Uh, that that's where you get most of your strategy is from the forums and the discussion groups. Why? Because those are conversations and people are speaking right, back and forth with each that's, other. That's the and one one second. And that's mimicking that's mimicking what deliberations are. Deliberations are nothing more than a conversation. I mean, granted, people are charged with the law, et cetera, et cetera, and obviously there there, there are differences. But basically, what you're doing is you're conducting an electronic focus group, an electronic shadow yeah, jury. Mining. We, we've gotten through that a few times. That it's mining. Mining is a wonderful thing, and that's great. Um, I think oh, the but in the forums and in the discussion groups, is, you can see it as well. <laughs> you, you can send up a, you can send up something, and not necessarily under your handle. I mean, who's to say that that uh, uh, Amara hasn't hired somebody to seed something in a discussion group or on a Facebook page? Well, now you bring up a separate issue, which is an issue uh, that that has some other concerns. First of all, mm. it's ethically prohibited to deceive people. Mm-hmm. Number one. Number two, if somebody finds out you're sneaking into discussion groups and you're seeding ideas and you're concealing your identity, I think you'd have a bit of an explosion in the media about that one. And mm. you'd come off as looking like a pathological liar and everybody yeah. hates you for it. So well, those, I don't, I don't know if he's doing that, but I'll, I'll tell you this, that... You know, many, many times somebody will come up to me and they'll say something, they'll make a comment, and I'll just say to them, why don't you bring that up in the discussion group? Why don't you bring that up in the forum? I don't think there's anything wrong with that. And Amy, what about the cost about this? I mean, you know, I mean, obviously know. there's there's money to be had in George Zimmerman. There was money to be had in, in uh, the Casey Anthony case. But for the average Joe on the street, how can they afford to do this? How can they afford to what? Join in the discussion groups and, and in the forum? No, no, no. How can they afford to do your job? I mean, you know, call oh. uh, social media and, you know, if you got a locally prominent case, say, in, you know, a particular mm-hmm. county in, in a state. Right. Yeah. Um, we, you we know, do but they a don't lot have a ton of money to cases. pay for the defense. And obviously the government's not going to pay for this kind of thing. So how to, is it really worth it? Uh, yeah, it is. Uh, it's, it? it's much less expensive. We do online focus groups all the time. We do online research all the time. As a matter of fact, the American Society of Trial Consultants yesterday uh, added that as another practice area, online research, online focus groups. And it's wonderful because you don't have to worry about time and space. It's not like you have to say to somebody, can you come to the uh, the Hilton Hotel at 2 o'clock in the afternoon on Thursday uh, for a focus group? Well, we've just about reached the end of our show, and it's time for us to wrap up and get your final thoughts as well as your contact information. So, Scott, we'll throw it to you first. All righty. Well, I, I think uh, I think Amy and I are pretty much in agreement that the uh, 
social media is going to offer a, a vast opportunity for mining information. And, uh, you know, whether, whether it's great, good, or bad is, is uh, a matter of, uh, of discretion, but uh, it's there. Uh, as far as affirmatively trying to insert yourself into the argument, uh, it hasn't happened as yet, and I uh, think that the same issues of uh, potential disaster are ones that we really need to concern ourselves with. Um, anybody who uh, is interested in uh, what I've had to say about this, uh, I invite you to stop by my blog, Simple Justice, and uh, love to hear from you. Uh, I think Great. that social media is nothing more than a tool, uh, like a hammer. And some people know how to use the hammer, and some people don't know how to use the hammer. And sometimes you can use the hammer for good, and sometimes you can use it for evil. But you ain't going to get rid of the hammer. So you might as well learn how to use it and uh, and do, do what you should with it, um, do what's right. Uh, and my website is really easy. It's Trial Consultants, www.trialconsultants.com. And my blog is on there as well. Great. Well, thank you both very much for participating in the discussion this morning. Bob, what are your thoughts about this? Uh, well, I, I think uh, they, they I agree with both of their concluding remarks on this. I mean, I, mean, I think, uh, as Amy said, this is this is a tool. Uh, you know, I, I think the the uh, the notion that uh, in this particular case, uh, this is some kind of a first. You know, obviously, it's not. We've seen other other uh, social media used in other high-profile cases, uh, lawyers blogging about their cases uh, to better ends and worse ends uh, over the years. Uh, it does have to be, if you're, if you're going to go down that road, you need to manage it very carefully. Uh, the lawyer uh, needs to take responsibility for, for what's being put out there. Uh, and uh, that's a, a significant responsibility, a significant time commitment. It may not be uh, the best use of the lawyer's time or the best strategy for the client. Uh, it's really going to depend a lot on the circumstances. Yeah, I think it's definitely circumstance-driven. And, and, you know, I think I've kind of already laid out what I think about it. I, I think that it's a situation where it's potentially a good tool in some instances, but uh, really, you know, as a trial lawyer, I think your focus needs to be in the courtroom, not outside of the courtroom. But that's just me. Yeah. And uh, we'd like to thank uh, Scott and Amy for participating in our discussion this morning. It was great, uh, really interesting topic. And I'd also like to thank our listeners and remind them that they can now get CLE credit through West Legal Ed Center for listening to select Legal Talk Network podcasts. You can go to LegalTalkNetwork.com and click on West Legal Ed Center. And you can also find all Legal Talk Network shows on iTunes. And we want to remind our listeners we have a brand new Android app where you can access all Legal Talk Network shows on your iPhone. And we're planning to have an iPhone app out shortly. So go to LegalTalkNetwork.com and look for it there. Yeah, let me add my thanks to uh, Scott and Amy for being on the show. I really appreciate it. My pleasure, guys. Bob, we'll be back again next week with another great legal topic. When you want legal, think lawyer to lawyer. We'll see you then. Talk to you then. The views expressed by the participants of this program are their own and do not represent the views of, nor are they endorsed by, Legal Talk Network, its officers, directors, employees, agents, representatives, shareholders, and subsidiaries. None of the content should be considered legal advice. As always, consult a lawyer. Thanks for listening to Lawyer to Lawyer with J. Craig Williams and Robert Ambrogi. Every week, a new legal topic that you won't want to miss. We hope you'll listen again and check out our other shows on the Legal Talk Network. Money. 
The Lunch Hour Legal Marketing Podcast, your resource for the tips and tactical advice you need to grow your business. Plus, keep up with the news and commentary you crave to stay one step ahead. It's hosted by me, Guy Sakalakis. And me, Conrad Song. Every other week, we break down the issues holding back your marketing strategy and talk about the changes you need to be prepared for. Check out the Lunch Hour Legal Marketing Podcast wherever you get your podcasts or on YouTube.